Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Day one of the NFL drafts is in the books, and the Bears did absolutely nothing. But you know what? We got Justin Fields last year, and if you ask me if if we were drafting last night or whenever it was, Thursday, and the Bears walked away with Justin Fields, uh, I would be very, very happy with that whole situation. So still some stuff to discuss. We're going to go over what uh, what our rivals did, what the Bears could possibly do moving forward, and all this good stuff. But you know what, Sammy? Why are we talking about this now? Let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. What's up, everybody? It's me, Adam Rank. Welcome to the Sick Podcast with me, Adam Rank. And we have got a good show for you. I'll say great because we're going to have on Brendan Chagru from the Bear Down Chicago pod in just a matter of minutes. But first, real quick. Now, obviously, I I talked about this at the top of the show. We did not have a first round pick, but we did get Justin Fields last year. There was a lot of movement going on with the NFC North, a lot of interesting things were happening. You start off with the Detroit Lions, who had the second overall pick. They got their guy, Aiden Hutchinson, so the local guy is going to stay in Michigan for them. They also traded back up in the first round and ended up with one of the top receivers in the draft, which, again, I, I don't really care for. I think that you know we don't know how these players are going to translate into the NFL. We don't know how good they're going to be. We know as Bears fans that being the number two overall pick in the draft does not necessarily mean you will be one of the best players in the NFL. But if you're looking at a plan, and obviously Detroit had a plan, they executed it flawlessly. The Green Bay Packers, who for generations now have not selected a wide receiver in the first round, continued that tradition, did not draft a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, which is fine because he's going to give 500 targets to Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins for at least the three games he's playing. They went out there and fortified their defense. And I will tell you this, if you watch the Packers game, the playoff game last year, watching that game that they lost 10-9, to not giving up a defensive touchdown. I was watching that game thinking, you know what? They need more help defensively, but whatever. Like the Packers had a plan, executed it flawlessly. The Minnesota Vikings, I don't know what you were doing. I know that you guys were still shook, but you did not get Ryan Poles and you went out there. You got some other hot shot from uh, from San Francisco. I don't know. I'd listen. 
If if this was a movie, you would be the putts in draft day. You're like the kid who played the Jags in draft day that, that Kevin Costner was taking advantage of. What did you do? You traded down to the Lions, and then you took a borderline second rounder with your first pick. God, I love you, Minnesota. Keep doing you. Great job. But you know who else does a great job is our guest here today. He is part, and we've been bringing on a lot of these guys. I've actually was on their first podcast. I want to make sure I get his credentials correctly. Uh, but joining us right now, and why? Like, this just went away. Brent, Brendan Chagru of the Bear Down Chicago Pod is going to be joining us here. Let's do it. Let's bring him on. Sammy, where is he? Brendan. Am I saying that What's right? What's up, Adam? Brendan, right? Yeah, you got I'm it. Saying, I'm, I'm so worried about getting Chagru right. I wanted to make sure. I'm like, am I getting his first name right? I don't know. I have an, I have an issue with it, but how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. This is, uh, this is, this is, it's game time. You know, we're, we're day two of the draft now. I was just telling uh, the guys offline, like, you know, last night was fun. We got to kind of embrace the chaos while putting our feet up on the chair. But now this is it. You know, you got two picks in the three rounds and, you know, this is where we're really going to see what Ryan Poles can do. So I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited. How about you? I'm really excited for it. I know that Evan Neal ended up going with the pick that we would have had at number seven. How do you feel though? Because again, like you just look at it practically, we have Justin Fields. So as much fun as it would be to have Evan Neal, what good would it do if we had Evan Neal, but he was blocking for Andy Dalton? No, for sure. This was the draft to trade out of. I mean, the Bears got super, super lucky with Ryan Pace last year, trading up to get Justin Fields because this the Bears still need a quarterback. And I mean, are you going to be convinced that whether they would have taken Kenny Pickett Malik Willis held on to Andy Dalton for another year, tried to overpay for a veteran like Baker Mayfield. I mean, this was the year to do it. And it's always hard to swallow, like, you know, losing those first round picks. But I was even looking back because uh, today was the day that the Raiders declined the option on all three of their first rounders from 2019. And yeah. people kept saying that, well, the Bears lost the Khalil Mack trade way back when. You would much rather have Khalil Mack for those yeah. years than Jonathan Abrams. Klein Farrell and Josh Jacobs. So you can just look to recent history saying that I would much rather take my chance on a potential superstar quarterback than trying to get a left tackle in a top 10 in a very weak top heavy draft class this year. So it was totally worth it. It's interesting too the people that always love to rub, rub, uh, um, why can't I think of that? You just said his name, the running back, Josh Jacobs. Like everybody acted like there was some sort of great, like we got, but. We got Josh Jacobs. Like, I'm like, you guys, like, Josh Jacobs is fine. He's a nice running back. He's a mid tier fantasy guy, like, whatever. But, like, you gave up Khalil Mack. I think the Raiders would have probably been better off with Khalil Mack over those last couple of years. They missed absolutely on the Cleveland Farrell. Just a disaster. And I know, like, it's Mike Mayock. And if he would have been one of the talent evaluators, he would have rocketed up the board. But still, you missed out on that draft pick. There's no, there's no getting around it. Once you decline a, a fifth-year option, you've shown the world like we probably shouldn't have made that pick. So I think it's very good. I think we're better off. And I do want to ask you about one of our old, older, older picks. Mitch Trubisky signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He got the Mike Glennon. Like, it, I feel bad for him. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. My evaluation of Kenny Pickett was not favorable, not to the point of like, you're picking 20th. The Steelers have enough, not that they have enough issues, but like, you got a quarterback I think you can win with. 
Were you surprised? I know that was a, there was a lot of smoke around the Steelers taking a quarterback, but were you kind of surprised that that's the direction the Steelers went in? No, I wasn't. It all lined up and it made sense for them to try and go after the hometown kid. And I mean, I do kind of feel bad for Trubisky because after the year he had with Buffalo, he was kind of humbled. His teammates talked him up so much. He was supposedly the, you know, the bride of the ball, uh, the bell of the ball. Yeah, that's it. The I used the wrong. Yeah, bell of the ball. <laughs> but coming out of free agency and he signs a two-year deal with the Steelers, but you, you kind of had to know this was coming. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people are giving the Steelers the benefit, the benefit of the doubt with Pickett because they're like, yeah. well, Mike Tomlin, he won't miss on this. Mike Tomlin hasn't had to take a first-round quarterback. He hasn't yeah. been there because Ben Roethlisberger's been there forever. The quarterbacks they have taken, Mason Rudolph, pretty, you know, meh. I mean, clearly they're yeah. in the market for more quarterbacks. So I, I'm not really sure about it. I think I probably would have taken Malik Willis instead, but I'm just, yeah. I'm not surprised. It, it all sort of lined up. I'm really happy for Kenny Pickett because just seeing how emotional he was and how much this meant to him, I think that's awesome. And for Mitch, I think he he's learned a lot. I think he's not going to be shy about, you know, stepping up to the challenge. And I mean, this is only going to make him better. You know, he's got a he's already had he already has a chip on his shoulder. So he's definitely going to have to go out and ball out because now he's got a guy, you know, uh, nipping on his heels trying to get that starting job. Absolutely. And it's one of those things, too. I. I like Mitch and I, I, I think though it's now starting to become evident that like you're a career backup quarterback. There, nobody's, nobody's going to like it coming off that Buffalo season. Not that he got a chance to play or anything like that, but it's not, listen, Dable did not take him to New York. Dable signed a different bills quarterback to be the backup. He comes into this situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, by the way, you talk about the Mike Tomlin effect, like duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, they did not develop a backup quarterback during the entire run of, of Ben Roethlisberger, they had the Oregon quarterback was a Dennis Dixon. Like yep. they've had, they've had a lot of guys. They've never developed a quarterback behind Ben Roethlisberger. So I love Mike Tomlin. One of the best coaches in the NFL deserves a lot more respect. Never finishes below 500. One of the greatest quarter coaches in the NFL, in NFL history, even they have not developed a quarterback behind Ben Roethlisberger. So just to assume that, Oh, Kenny Pickett's going to be, can't miss. That's a little foolish. I did, but also, but I did love how genuine Franco Harris was when he read the name before he read the pick. He was so excited yeah. to where you're like, oh, they must be taking, because I was like, oh, they must be taking Pickett because it's the Pittsburgh guy. And I, you're probably not old enough to know this. The The Steelers at one point passed on Dan Marino. Who, I do know who that. Played at, who played at <laughs> Pittsburgh. I don't know. Let's see, you're a young man, Shagru. I don't want to, I don't want to just assume uh, how well versed you are in the the old days of the NFL back when they were playing in leather helmets, so to speak. But I don't know. I just feel I, I, but in the moment I felt bad for Mitch and I'm like, this sucks. I would have liked to have seen him uh, get an opportunity to be a starter. And they, you know, Mason Rudolph, those got to feel terrible. Like you're done. Like you're never getting a chance, bro. So uh, I guess that, that is what it is. What about, um, what were some of the other surprises for you? On night one, you talked about kicking your feet up, enjoying the chaos. What did you make of the uh, the AJ Brown trade? That was shocking. I mean, just that whole the middle, the teen rounds, I guess, or not the rounds, the teen picks, where the wide receivers started flying off the board. I mean, I know you mentioned Chris Olave seemed like you know a great fit with the Saints. 
They yeah. traded up to get him right behind Garrett Wilson. And then you see I told you. Yeah, I told you. Did. you. <laughs> and then Mike Thomas uh, or Michael Thomas uh, kind of, you know, spoiling the surprise on Twitter was fun. But I mean, just I, I couldn't even react to the Hollywood Brown trade because like five minutes later, you see the AJ Brown trade. And I think that that was definitely, you know, something that was coming because of the fact he had those tweets. He was very unhappy with the contract that he was offered. It came out earlier today that he, they were offering him $16 million per year, probably concerned with the injury history and everything. But I think the Titans, they were kind of in a lose-lose situation. They had to either pay a guy who had injury concerns but also had the talent to you know be worthy of that contract or either you know risk him being unhappy in a contract year or trade him for – a first round pick and, you know, not have to pay him and then get a first round pick back or a receiver back in Traylon, but Traylon Brooks. So Burks, I can't even talk Burks. today. Listen, uh, <laughs> so I'm rubbing off on you. That's the problem. <laughs> um, so I was a little surprised. I mean, but the Eagles, they're always taking wide receivers. So, you know, for them to get him, that's, that's not a surprise, but I think it's good for Jalen Hurts really trying to give him one last push to see if he could be the guy before they have to make a decision. Um, but what what a just span of 20 minutes of craziness. Insane. And it was one of those things that you love about draft night is the unexpectedness. We still have an opportunity. We probably won't see Debo Samuel move now because I don't think anybody would be moving a second round pick. You would have to be a, giving up a lot more capital for him. Guys like DK Metcalf. So possibly those guys will be staying in their home. I also think, too, when this A.J. Brown thing, uh, as it broke out, as it you know, developed. I feel like we're starting to see a similar like trajectory of what we will see for Justin Fields. And Justin is obviously a year behind Jalen Hurts, a higher draft pick, but you know, somebody who's going to develop and the bears next season will be in that position of like, if there is a player with the caliber of AJ Brown, and I don't know who that would be. It would might be the guys we just talked about Debo and and um, DK Metcalf, but they'll be able to make a move like that. And we're, we're a year ahead of that. Like we're a year behind that. So I think it's a little bit telling. And like, at some point, I think that as long as Ryan Poles goes out and nails the draft, that the Bears should be competitive this season. And then next year they can make the crazy trades and whatever receiver is going to demand a trade. We'll be able to get in on that. Exactly. Well, and not only, not only will you have another year to evaluate with Justin Fields, but now you have a new coaching staff who can really get a good idea of the players they have around them, who fits, who doesn't, because it's so hard to tell right now. You mm -hmm. have a ton of cap space going into the 2023 season. You could have more draft picks depending on how far back, if the Bears trade back this year. So it's all lining up to do that. And I mean, like you said, the hope is that you're competitive this year. Maybe you're not winning a lot of games, but you see that development with Justin Fields. You could pick up a wide receiver this year or two, a receiver or two this year in the draft to kind of help him develop and get those guys under contract and then really see what your big needs are. Maybe you do need to take a swing at a wide receiver like that. Maybe you need to you know, find a new defensive lineman or offensive lineman if your two tackles right now, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, don't pan out. So this is just a huge, big evaluation year. And it's going to be it's going to be a lot of growing pains. I think a lot of us know that. But then you get excited for the 2023 season. And that should also be a really, really good draft. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but there's there's right. a lot of top end talent there. 
Yeah, it really does. And I know that you mentioned this, like with, there was going to be a year that we missed out on uh, not having one of these top picks. I think this will end up being one of those years. And it is one of, it's one of the mechanisms of the draft is that they make every year seem like this is a can't miss year. There's going to be misses. Like not all these guys are going to pan out and not everybody's going to come in. I, it's very easy to sit there and listen to Daniel Jeremiah and, and Charles Davis and David Shaw and, and Rich Eisen talk about like, well, this guy's going to come in. And it's like, well, these teams aren't going 32 for 32. Some of these guys aren't going to work out. Some of these guys will there'll be some surprises later on in the draft. But I do want to ask you about what our NFC North rivals were able to do on night one. Uh, I mentioned it a little bit at the top of the show. I think that Detroit was the one that came away far, far and away outdid both of those other two teams. What did you make? Who did you think was the biggest winner of our NFC North rivals on night one? It's easily Detroit. Easily. Because first off, they got probably the best player in the draft in Aiden Hutchinson. I still think it's a little bit questionable that Jacksonville didn't take him. But, you know, you have Aiden Hutchinson staying home with Detroit. I think I watched a lot of Big Ten games this year just Mm -hmm. because, you know, Big Ten fan and everything. And yeah, even even early in the season before his name started like rising through draft boards, I'm like, this Hutchinson kid is just phenomenal he's you know taking everybody down he's always at the quarterback I really think he's got he's got a high floor maybe he doesn't have like the highest ceiling as you know some of these other edge rushers but he's going to be a very very good pro and I thought what the Lions did with moving up to get Jamison Williams oh man that was that was a really smart move considering what happened you know a few picks later and knowing that all of the I guess projected first round wide receivers were all gone by you know before you hit 20. And so they might've been looking to move up, you know, a little, maybe in the late twenties to get somebody like that with the 32nd pick. But that was uh that was a really shrewd move. And I, I completely forgot that they got DJ shark and free agency. So now you got Amon St. Brown, you got yeah. DJ shark and Jamison Williams. You still have Jared Goff, but if somehow, and I hope this well, doesn't happen, but I was going to say they have what pick 34 tonight. Did they lose think- that one? Uh, yeah, they did, but I think they have, I think they have a pick in the forties. This should be one. Yeah. This should be one that I was a little bit more, uh, you know, studied. Uh, but again, it's still Detroit. So I don't ultimately care that much, but whatever, like they can still go out there and make some moves. They they've obviously shown that they're not going to be shy. And again, and this is the thing I, I talked about a moment ago about, we don't know ultimately who breaks out, who doesn't, but I think that for executing a plan. And this has now happened for a couple of years. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I don't like it, but it always feels like Detroit has a proper plan. And I think that even that we talk about Jared Goff, I still think that the plan is solid. Like if they, they can easily move away from Jared Goff after this season. So if it doesn't pan off, or if he, if he doesn't develop or if he doesn't grow or anything like that, they can be like, okay, fine, we're going to draft a quarterback next year. We have all this talent already in place. Detroit feels like they could be a problem in the next couple of years. I think what Detroit has going for them is management has been very, and I, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like they're very patient with this. They're giving them the time and the resources to make this right and to basically not have to panic draft a quarterback or, you know, see what they have in Jared Goff another year, 
before moving off and getting like another rookie if they're bad once again. And I think when you do have a front office like that and an ownership group that is patient, that could be very dangerous because we've seen so many teams blow it up, you know, after like three to five years over and over again, we saw, I mean, Detroit's done that so many times, but yeah, it seems like with who they have now, that could be a problem. And I've also, I know you mentioned them at the top, how the Vikings kind of bungled it. I kind of had that same feeling about the Vikings the last few years with what Spielman did with a lot of their draft picks. I think they screwed up the quarterback position, but everything else they, and God, I sound like Ted Phillips right now, but they, they don't have the quarterback position hundred percent. Right. But they have hit on a lot of other spots. And so um, we'll see what they can do as well, but you're right. Detroit, they could be building something. It's, it's not, uh, it's probably not good to overlook them the next couple of years. Definitely will not do that. I will say this about Minnesota. I felt a lot of the things that they got correct, it got handed to them. Justin Jefferson should not have been available to them. Like that was Dalvin Cook fell because of the injuries and credit to them. They went out there and they still made the picks. But I really do believe that there were, if there were teams that were more mindful, the good players, the, I know, I guess you could say that about anybody. I just want to make fun of Minnesota. But I thought what happened last night, I thought was so interesting. I really, in my mock draft with a twist, I'm trying to, I I had, well, I had Minnesota taking Derek Stingley Jr., which who went third. So I, I guess I wasn't evaluating him properly. I always felt, I felt like that was kind of a, I mean, I felt like that was kind of a reach, like the way he's played over the last two years. And you're like, are you really going to take this guy third overall, Houston? Like, okay. Especially with Sauce Gardner still on the board too. That, I thought like Sauce Gardner was going to be automatic to three. I thought I was I was uh, having a hot take because my editor, the first time when I turned in that piece a couple of weeks ago, was like, God, he's like, Sauce Gardner at three. Like, that makes sense. He's like, I haven't seen that. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to say anything, but a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of the draft experts started following along. Like, oh, now we're starting to see Sauce Gardner go third. Oh, I wonder who started that trend. But in any event, I'm not bitter. Uh, <laughs> I thought that if they if there was a cornerback available to them, that okay, you can go that route. They need a corner, somebody to play opposite of Patty P. I also thought that wide receiver, I'm like, but you know, Adam Thielen's not necessarily a young person. Maybe, and I know they did um their third receiver is actually pretty good too. So they it, it wasn't mm-hmm. like a definite need, but I think like the NFL now needs you need three good receivers. And I think that Adam Thielen started to, to advance a little bit that if you wanted to take a wide receiver, it wouldn't have been the worst thing for you. And they didn't. They traded down. They traded down with Detroit, who you knew, like you knew what Detroit was going to do. Like it's no secret. They weren't trading up for a quarterback. I really, I, I don't know. I don't know why you let Detroit do that. And then I don't know what your evaluation process is. I did not think that that was a good pick based on what I've read and what I've seen, but you know what? Apparently these guys know more than me. So I don't know. I think Minnesota, I think they're going to end up, and this is me projecting. I think they're going to be the team that we end up like, they're going to be the new lions. Is that, am I, am I too, am I out of control? I, you know what? I think they're too talented right now and we don't know what's going to happen with a new coaching staff. So they, they may be, they might have the most uncertainty right now where Kirk cousins, we've seen him. he, He can do okay. He's, he's not a win because of guy, but he's a win with guy. Yeah. And I mean, with the weapons that he has surrounding him and some of the playmakers, like you mentioned, Jefferson and Cook, I mean, they could still have a decent offense, but I think depending on what this new staff does and this new front office, 
I think they have the most uncertainty and they really have yeah. to hit on these next few draft picks. I think, I mean, was Lewis seen really going to go, you know, early in the second round? I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. I, uh, the cornerback was much bigger, a much bigger need for them, but it's good for us. I'll take yeah. it because I love 100%. the talent that's still available for the bears, you know, going into round two. I know that we're still seven picks away and not everybody's going to be there obviously, but I think if you're a Bears fan, you got to feel good about how the drafts, you know, kind of like fell in the first round. Yeah. Well, we got a break because Green Bay did not take a wide receiver once again in the first round. Do you, th- I, I will say this. Everybody is victory lapping right now. And it seems like a lot of fun, but you're like, you know, the Packers never take a, a receiver in the first round and then they still end up with Devontae Adams. I don't know that I want to start crowing about this too much even though it's a lot of fun everybody's piling on cowherd big cat like everybody's piling on but i'm like i don't know i go i think drink and, and again there's a couple of kids who are loyal viewers of this show who will be upset that i'm saying nice things about green bay but i'm like they draft well they don't win in the playoffs but they draft really well and i don't think that it was terrible what they did although again i didn't think the defense was what was holding them back in january no, they really they went with the best player available route. And I think it was telling that it came out, I think last night or today, that they were interested in Burks, but the issue was they couldn't move up far enough to get him. And I think that wide receiver run that we thought was going to happen in the 20s, the fact that it happened in the teens was great news for us because yeah. I think had Burks been available, they 100% would have taken him. It sounds like, so I actually, in between draft coverage, I went on to uh, the McAfee show to see what Rodgers was saying. He seemed really calm about it. He seemed like, yeah, this I knew this was coming. Uh, you know, they're both really great kids. They're going to shore up the defense like crazy. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to have a book, bad defense, but it is yeah. kind of interesting that Burks was probably their top player on the board. They just couldn't move up far enough to get him where – a lot of people were thinking he was going to be right there available for the Packers to get in 2020 or uh, 22. And same thing with uh, somebody like Jahan Dotson. I thought him going at 16 was kind of a surprise, but sure. the fact that that run happened when it did good news for the bears, but you're right. They do find, they find a way to find these playmakers. And when you have a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers, he makes players that maybe don't have the best talent a lot better. So I, I don't think they're going to be hurting per se, but I guess it's always it, it is always fun to poke fun of it because of yeah. what, ha- what has happened the last few years. So it's we're not going to stop doing that. <laughs> I don't want to. I I don't want to stop making jokes, but I also, out of respect for uh, Nagler and Tom Grassi, I'm like I I don't know. I I still also want to be, and I go maybe this is you know I still have to be mindful of like they do they do draft well. It's okay. That's why I always try to make the back end joke. Like this will be great when their defense gives up six points and they lose in the playoffs again. Like that's fine. I don't, can can one of these guys play special teams? I don't know. That is what they really (laughs) needed and everything like that. But it is interesting. And I know that Rogers, I did, you know what? God bless Pat McAfee. I know I probably shouldn't say this because I'm tied in with the NFL network, but they didn't have me on TV last night. So why should I care? I will say, I was watching that as well. And Rogers went out there and did his thing. It's such a smart, smart move for Pat. And I really appreciate him uh, and having, and, you know, giving Rogers that opportunity. Like there's not much he can say. He's not going to throw a controller. Like he's playing Madden or something like that. But at some point, and again, I, I, I made this joke earlier. Like 
I don't think it matters. I, I think that people are underestimating how much Alan Lazard is going to be targeting. And this is the fantasy enthusiast in me speaking. Like he's going to lock in on Lazard and he's going to yeah. have a great year. And I, it might not even matter. They got two great running backs. I think that the the Packers offense is going to be fine. I don't think they'll win, but you know, they'll be fine. They'll be there. And it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a deep receiver draft too. I mean, you're right. Like, you know, they're going to be fine and they're, it's not like they're not going to pick players. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of rounds left, so they're going to find somebody with, with some upside and they're going to make it work. But Hey, you're right. From a fantasy standpoint, Lazard is going to be eaten a lot. Absolutely. And so I do think, okay, now listen, we're, we're a ways into this. We broke down the first day. We went over some of the big themes. Now will be the part where people can come back over the weekend and be like, what were you idiots talking about? We're talking about this in front of the Bears picks this evening. And uh, we had to wait for Shagru to get off work. Thank you. Uh, but you know what? So we didn't we didn't have a lot of lead time to really like, we're, we're kind of caught, like we're about 20 to 30 minutes before the draft's about to start. George Pickens is the player that, and I think we talked about this on your show, is that everybody has their heart set on him. And that if we don't get him, it's going to be a catastrophe heading in. And again, we're going to be exposed at some point. Yeah. Do you think we get pickings or do you think he comes off the board or do you think we just pass on him? <sighs> That's so hard, man. I mean, I think, I think he's going to be there because of, like I said, some of the talent that's already there. I mean, you have Rayman, the tackle out of central Michigan, you have Andrew Booth, the cornerback. I mean, you know, there's a few linebackers, some of the defensive tackles still there. It, it makes all the sense in the world. And if that's how Ryan Poles kind of evaluates it and says, this is my best player on the board, then he, I think he's definitely the, the pick. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure I would take him. I think, Personally, maybe I'm missing something. I don't think his upside is as there. I don't think his upside there as uh, some other people think there is. Um, yeah. If somebody like an Andrew Booth was there, if I, I'm telling you, I've really you know come around on the idea of picking Rayman. Um, he Same. really fits. He really fits what Ryan Poles wants to do. Just a converted 100%. tight end. Uh, he's fast. He's you know at least for a lineman, he's fast. He can move. So. Um, I, it, it really seems like Pickens should be the consensus pick. And I guess if you're asking me to bet, I'll probably put a little money down on it, but it, who knows? It's so hard to say just, you know, especially knowing that this is a deep receiver draft, they could double dip and get somebody at 48. I mean, that mm -hmm. third round pick, you could get somebody like David Bell, maybe a John Mechie or something. So I, I don't know. It's so hard to say, you know, what do you think? You know, it's funny is I was watching a, 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 uh, a a hit that Stacy Dales did from Bears Camp, and she was talking about the buzz in Chicago for George Pickens, and I was very in tune to the language she was using because she was not indicating this was coming from the team. The buzz in Chicago amongst Bears Twitter and Bears fans is all about George Pickens. I honestly believe that he's not. I mean, he's on their board. I don't think that he's a priority for them. Mm -hmm. I honestly believe, and I know Andy Booth is there still. That's kind of a surprise. I could have seen him going in the first round. Neil from Florida went in the first round, who I thought was a second rounder, but that's okay. And there's one other guy. There's another, uh, there's another Washington guy who's out there too. I really do think that, you oh, know Gordon? what? I've, yeah. Yeah. I, I really do think 
we're going to end up with a corner. I've, I've been saying for the last three months, like, don't take defense. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I just want to take all offensive players. I think that the way that the board broke out last night and some of the things we started to see, and it wasn't like any one of these guys, there was no reaches in the first round at the wide receiver position or anything like that because we still have Sky Moore's available. Uh, Christian, is it Watkins or Watson? I get this Watson. wrong all the time. Christian Watson is still available. David Bell, who is going to be, and I keep comparing his situation to Cooper Cup to where like his stupid 40 time is making a highly productive player from the Big Ten fall for no other reason Mm -hmm. that he didn't run fast in his underwear. Those guys are going to be like, those guys are going to become more and more available. So I, I would not be shocked if we ended up with a lineman and a corner in these two for, and again, you kids will be able to go out and pick it out and be like, rank, we went wide receiver, wide receiver. What were you thinking? I honestly believe that the way that the board looks right now, heading into the draft tonight, it's going to be corner. I think one of the, cause we're going to get a stud corner now. Like I, I think that it's booth, but like booth could always go a little bit earlier because we yeah. still have the seven picks. It's dicey. And you know what? I think that white, like somebody was tweeting out earlier, like odd, None of these teams in front of us will be taking wide receiver. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. I think all of them can be taking wide receiver. I think that Jacksonville's not done with the wide receiver position. I think the Texans need to take a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They're trying to move on from Brandon Cooks. And again, Brandon God, Brandon Cooks is a player who I love that if we could trade a sixth-round pick for, I know that everybody would be like, he's a first-round. Like, no, no, he doesn't go for the first-round picks anymore. But if he's somebody who became available, I would be very interested in that. But I think there are teams in front of us who need wide receivers. So we will see Christian Watson, Sky Moore, and perhaps George Pickens. But Mechie, I think Mechie falls a little bit more. I know that they gave Jamison Williams the benefit of the doubt. Mechie probably won't get the benefit of the doubt. If we do end up with a wide receiver in these first two picks, I think Mechie ends up being one of them. Hmm, interesting. Oh, with the first two. So you think he goes in the second, not the third? I would say that he... Uh, yeah, I think we could take him at the second. I don't know. Bear Down Cuz mm-hmm. did that. I'm fall. I'm being influenced by reading too many mock drafts. <laughs> it's so I, hard. It's so hard, man. I mean, I'll I'll say. I mean, cornerback is. You're talking about three potential studs at corner with Booth, McCreary, and Gordon. And I mean, I'm partial to Booth after not only seeing his highlights and everything, yeah. but the fact that uh, he's also a survivor of Oshkosh Slaughter's disease, as am I. So that very. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that connection, but. I think he could be a potential stud there. I mean, any any three of those guys, you need help everywhere. We talked about this uh, when you came on our podcast last week. The Bears yeah. are not one player away from being uh, a pretender to a contender. They have so many holes to fill. Cornerback is one of them. Offensive lineman is one of them. Wide receiver obviously is one of them. So if I'm Ryan Poles, I am taking the best player available on my board. You know, if that's and like I said, if that's George Pickens, great. If that's somebody like McCreary, great. Just stick, stay true to yourself and don't draft and reach based on need if somebody else is there that you have a higher grade on. Yeah, I don't think that we're, I, honestly, and we don't know, we've never seen Ryan Poles make a draft pick. I am extremely confident that we're not going to reach for somebody. And that if there's an opportunity to move down, I think he's going to absolutely exercise that option as well. But by the way, I wanted, so what are your guys, what are you guys doing this weekend at the uh, bear down Chicago pod? When are you guys back? I know we recorded an episode on Sunday. Can I say that? I don't want to, I don't want to get any employers upset. 
<laughs> we recorded an episode on Sunday. It's out. You can go check that out. Uh, what do you guys have going on uh, for the coming weeks? Uh, so we're definitely going to be recording Sunday again. And um, who better to have on to dissect the draft than Jacob Infante of Windy City nice. Gridiron? The, he's so good. He's one of my favorite follows on Twitter. He's, you know, just risen up kind of like, you know, NFL Twitter fame with what he does with the draft. So we're going to be dissecting every single pick the Bears do with everybody. Uh, Ryan Dangle, Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, and myself. So that'll be coming out on Monday. And, you know, we're probably going to take a little break from having guests and just kind of have the four or five of us on and just kind of, you know, recap what the Bears have done in the offseason. Um, I'll preview. Uh, we have a fun show that Sheldon is going to be leading after he won our coaches draft way back when, uh, when we did it back in January. So uh, who knows where that where that's going to go? I mean, he's uh, he's got a, a lot of. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be a good show, though. I'm really excited to pick Jacob's brain and. You know, we're talking right now, trying to preview picks, but it's always easier to kind of react to something after the fact that it's been done and kind of see where the players fit in. So I'm really, I'm just really looking forward to kind of sitting down on Sunday and seeing what the Bears do and finally, like, you know, piecing the puzzle pieces together, you know? Yeah, that'll be the best part is after months of speculation, we finally see who's going to be on the roster. We can talk about whether the Bears did enough to solidify the wide receiver and offensive line positions. But again, and I know that I've made this, Jack and I, you know, we made this point uh, as somebody who's an Angels fan and a Bears fan. I feel like the two franchises share a very similar trajectory. Uh, the Angels, which everybody acts like they never acquired pitching, uh, have one of the best pitching staffs here. So I'm saying that something very similar is going to happen for the Chicago Bears. And by the end of by the end of the day on Saturday, and as you do your show on Sunday, you'll be like, they did a nice job of filling in some holes. They're going to need a couple of other players because, you know, this roster was not well-constructed when Ryan Poles took it over, but I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. But, Brendan, I uh, do want to thank you. Why, why am I stumbling? Why can I not talk? <laughs> but uh, this is why I keep going back to Chagru. Like, that one I nailed. Hey, you, you're Brendan, killing it, man. <laughs> Brendan, I can't say. But Chagru, I've got no problem. I make no sense. I am, I've always been that way. We've had, like, when I was playing high school baseball – there was a guy who ended up getting drafted by the card, no, by the Astros, who I roped, roped, never got me out. And then, like every soft throwing lefty who was probably working at Subway after they graduated high school, no disrespect to Subway, could not, could not touch him. That's just me. So the hard stuff I make easy, versa visa, all that good stuff. But I do want to thank you for stopping by and uh, looking forward to tonight. And then uh, we'll have you again. Uh, on this show real soon, but I appreciate everything you're doing and I implore everybody to check out the bear down Chicago podcast. Thanks Adam. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. There he goes. Brendan Chagru, uh, great podcast. You want to go check that out. I did their first episode and uh, it was a lot of fun, but there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good content out there uh, for the Chicago Bears. So we appreciate you joining us here today. Like, and subscribe smash the like button, smash the subscribe button. And of course, if right now, while you're watching the show, if you could just type in the word sick, if you enjoyed the podcast today, type in the word sick. We really do appreciate that. We will be back. Uh, you know what? You might've already seen me react to our picks on Friday and, uh, but we'll be back. So we're Tuesday. We're going to have draft doctor fill in on Tuesday. We're going to get another great get for Thursday. 
as we start to look forward to the way this Bears team is going to be constructed. So please go out there. Keep an eye out for that. Enjoy the draft. Don't be disappointed if we don't get George Pickens. I'm just telling you right now, it's probably not going to happen, but it's cool. We're still going to end up with a lot of great players. But until I talk to you next time, bear down and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.